Welcome to Super Boothers. I am a retired Nickelodeon watcher, Ryan Salinas. And I am a newly noggin watcher enthusiast. Nice. Nice. So the reason why I bring this up is I recently watched a documentary on – it's called The Orange Years, I believe, where like Nickelodeon kind of first really came to be whatever it really came to be. Like before SpongeBob, before, you know, whenever they had like – double dare and like all like the really like fun stuff it was so interesting because first of all a woman led that network which was not common at the time and second of all i think that it relates to a lot of stuff that we kind of go through they were talking about how they were doing double dare like whenever they first recorded and they're like okay we have the studio for this amount of time we're going to record four episodes to remain profitable and whenever they did that first go around like they only got one episode in four hours. Like it seriously took like forever. I have not heard of this documentary, but I would be actually really interested in watching it. This was like it's, my childhood legends of the hidden temple. All yeah, those, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. All this stuff. And it shows like how, like they came to like, to be and how this is what I took away from it is I really learned a, you really need to always be reinventing yourself. Don't get complacent because whenever you get complacent, people don't care anymore. Um, and another thing is everyone just kind of has to like go through like their growing pains and learn, you know, what, what makes them, them. You watch a lot of documentaries. I really do. I really like super enjoyed it so much. Like I really learned a lot from this particular one just because I think it had a lot to do on actually the really cool thing was the branding and how like they came up with like that specific color of like Pantone orange. And they were like, it goes with nothing. Like they, it, it came from the people that did the MTV logo. Like they really wanted to be like, you know, kind of in your face, which I think it really was. And something that like kids could identify with. It's funny how, um, and you've mentioned this before, where you draw inspiration from other things like unrelated to our industry. Um, so it's probably a good sign now that there's enough activity going on in the event space that you see a documentary about Nickelodeon and you're starting to draw inspiration and ideas from it now too. Yeah, it was really kind of fun. I really appreciated how that, I guess, committee or whatever who, who – created like the brand ended up like turning it into something that was like really like their own, which was something that was like, there was no network for kids, you know, that was irreverent. That was, you know, made it feel like it was their own. They only had like PBS to go off of and that wasn't fun. You know, they didn't have Cartoon network back then. I don't believe so. No. Oh, that's interesting. This is, this is pre cartoon network. And the fun thing is, I think that that's led to things that have happened now. So now you have all this generation that has watched these cartoons, and then it's spun off to things like Adult Swim and Rick and Morty and things that aren't necessarily, you know, you have animation that's geared towards adults, not kids. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, and this is kind of related to our industry too, there's been like a content explosion 
over the last few years where there's a lot more TV shows, there's Netflix, all these different streaming platforms. There's a lot more like YouTubers and uh, social media content creators. There's just more content. And I think, I guess we fit into that because we help create some of that content on the social side of things. But uh, it seems like the, the world is trending towards creating more, um, which feeds consumption and all that. But in the past, it used to be just consuming, watching. Uh, but now everyone's a part of it. Everyone's creating. It's kind of an interesting thing to observe. You also made a comment on an episode a long, long time ago. I was like, hey, have you seen Handmaid's Tale? Hey, have you seen Mad Men? Hey, have you seen you know Tiger King? And you're like, how is it that in this day and age, we are like watching so many shows? I guess because we're consuming faster than they can make it. Yeah, I mean – some people just, it seems like a full-time job of just watching these different TV shows. I can't keep up. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, creativity in that space where there's just more creation. Um, but like I said, it fits with us too, because we're enabling people to create, um, to like use their creativity to create social posts. And you've always been someone who said that, that our job is to facilitate the, uh, the shareable content. And I think that's touching on the trend that's going on now. Uh, just generally the last few years, the, the shareability and the content creation, which just seems to be like on a whole other level right now. Yeah. So anyways, so watch the documentary. It's called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story, and it is on Hulu. Oh, bummer. You don't have Hulu? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? How do you not have Hulu? Most people well, don't it, have Hulu. I highly doubt that. Most people do not have Hulu. I'm pretty sure if people are listening right now, they have Hulu. Anyways, we will argue about this another day. Uh, I had an event this weekend. I had a lot of events this weekend. I had a yeah. fabulous event this weekend. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. That's how you know things <laughs> come back. Yes, in a year in a year and a half. Um, first of all, so this event was in Texas. Uh, it was for the San Antonio Zoo. So much fun. I love it. It's my favorite pre-COVID event every year. Um, and I've wanted this event for a while, and I finally got it. Um, primarily because the client has said on numerous occasions that they couldn't afford me, which is very sweet. Um, we ended up doing a 360. We did a roaming. We had a regular photo booth. There was just like so much stuff happening. And this event had easily about 2,000 people all outdoors. No masks no more because um, the the zoo had put out a thing saying, listen, if you're fully vaccinated, go ahead and, you know, you're fine. Uh, how, how we're going on the honor system, I do not know anymore. Um, but – you know, whatever. Uh, I think that I think that we're at the point right now where if you're going to get vaccinated, you've probably already been vaccinated. And if you're not going to get vaccinated, well, I don't think that's going to change anything. So why not? Um, yeah, I mean, just just quickly on that note before you continue with your event, uh, even in some like in New York, which seemed to be, uh, at least from my perspective, one of the more cautious and hard hit areas from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, it does seem like people are definitely like getting past COVID and all that. Uh, I don't know what it is. It, maybe they're just fed up with it. Maybe people feel safer, the vaccination or a combination of all these things. But I definitely see uh, people more out and about and not caring as much. So um, we're on the other end. Of, we're on the other side of this, it seems, thankfully. I, th I think so. And I think that if 
you know, if you got it, you're over it. You know, I think studies said you had antibodies for like six months minimum, um, or you got vaccinated and you're like, I don't need to do this anymore, which technically you don't. Um, so anyways, it was, it, this was the first event that was 2000 people that was, we were cranking that was back in my wheelhouse again. And that really was, uh, a really, really, really good sign. Um, so on that note, when you're doing an event that big now, like I know mm-hmm. in Texas, no one really seemed to care <laughs> at all, like mask yeah. wise and all that. But now, like yeah. your you, your staff, and all that, um, I, I'm assuming you don't do it either, right? You don't have to, and maybe people feel uncomfortable if you're the only ones wearing masks. Like, how does that work now? Um, I don't really care anymore. I think that I'm. I I think that if you're going to wear a mask, it's a personal choice. I I still was. Um, just for me, I don't know. I don't think that there's like sufficient evidence or not to where like you can carry it and still be vaccinated. Um, so I think there's still a lot of unknowns. It costs nothing. It hurts no one and there's no benefit to not to wear it. So whatever, it's fine. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not, but that's not, that's not my point. Um, the, the issue was there was, uh, so we get set up, we're doing our event, the event's open, you know, we're doing our VIP and I have to, first of all, I had an army at this event, which was so much fun. I love overstaffing. I love overstaffing. Um, we, <laughs> I just like pointing, just, just go do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I was filming a, promo video, which you can take a look at urbanevents.com. Uh, we ended up, uh, we were in like this one particular, like little like area as people were walking in and we really didn't see what was going on with the rest of the event until a little bit later. Well, one of my attendants comes running up to me and says, uh, Ryan, there's two more roaming photo booths. Like, in the other part of the event, I was like, well, that's not ours. So we have a little bit of a problem. Um, so I rut row. So for those that do not know, I have an exclusivity clause in my contract as a lot of people do. Um, I brought it to the attention of my contact who signed my contract at the zoo. And I was like, Hey, listen, we have a little bit of a problem. There's another company here that is doing photo booths. I do. And I, 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 we didn't know what the issue was at the time. So they ended up saying that they had a credit from the previous year or I guess two years ago. Um, so they were there using up that credit. Uh, so he asked me, you know, what do you want to do for, as the solution. Um, so what we did was we had them keep to a certain area. We kept to a certain area that way there was no like intermingling or what have you. Um, this brought up a big thing because I, uh, put in a a bid for another event and, and this one is a Dallas event and it's another large one. And she emailed me and she goes, Hey, listen, we have a backdrop, uh, a large frame that is like was created for like this event. And she goes, it's meant for people to go and take selfies with their own phone. Does this like compete with your exclusivity clause? I was like, it's fine because there's no like other company like operating it. You know, um, I think that the reason why I have the exclusivity clause is for a number of reasons. 
let's just say that there is two, four roaming photo booths at an event, two from another company, two from mine. There is someone from another company who sexually harasses someone or what have you. And someone says, you know, hey, you know, this person did it and I get sued. You know, that's not cool because that wasn't my people. And how do we prove it? And, you know, it just becomes like a larger thing. Um, another thing is photos. If someone, you know, comes up to us and is like, oh, where's my photo? Well, we didn't have it. Well, how come you don't have it? There's another person doing it. It just – there's a lot of problems that can happen. And I think that the only instance where it's not a problem is if it's a festival where there is a lot of vendors of every shape and size and uh, – and if there's, um, you know, like a sports event or a charity event where stuff was like donated, you kind of can't compete with that. And I think it's well known that, hey, this is another company. This is, you know, separate from us or what have you. I don't know. What's your thoughts on this? Well, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because I don't think we've ever talked about this before. And I feel like um, it's probably the first time many people listening hear about this concept of the exclusivity. So tons of questions. Um, you, one of the things you just highlighted is that it depends on the event, right? Some events you can't really enforce it. So do you have different contracts for like, is this clause in all your contracts? I assume it doesn't make sense in social ones or like these big conferences you, you talked about. Um, how yeah. do you go about like splitting it up and deciding where it fits and where it doesn't fit? Um, I keep it in there permanently. So I'll only take it out if someone asks to remove it. Um, and those are instances where, you know, it's an event for, you know, like a festival or a gigantic event where we can't control, you know, what's happening. Um, and, and I completely get that. And I, I like that you talked about all the other reasons that you wanted. Um, but obviously a, another main reason is the financial incentive, right? You want them to book all the stuff through you. Yeah, absolutely. Want, just want to make sure people <laughs> that goes without saying, but that's obviously a main, main thing as well. Well, and, and with the zoo this particular year, the, you know, everyone was in a bind this year. I get it. And I was like, listen, just pay labor, which was a lot of labor. Uh, I was like, listen, let's do this. Let's partner together because I wanted to make sure that I captured the particular type of person that typically attended that event. And I ran into a lot of my friends, you know, I ran into a lot of previous clients. I ran into new people. I ran to some weddings we did. I mean, it was a really good event just to kind of like stay top of mind amongst the community. Um, but yes, you're right. Like the, the financial incentive, Hey, listen, you know, someone goes, I'm not saying this happened. I'm just saying it has the potential to happen. So let's say we have the 360. Let's say we have the roaming and there's another company doing a roaming and a client goes over to them and says, Oh, is that your 360? And they have a 360 and they say, Oh yeah, that's ours. You know, and then they ended up booking it. And that's just, it's just not fair. Uh, it's not fun. Well, it just seems like official for anyone. It's ripe for confusion, right? So if you can avoid the confusion, why not? Well, and I think that I'm also a little bit more protective of my brand than most, especially now. And we had like a couple of like little minor celebrities there. And that was, that was a, a big thing. Like, and I wanted to make sure that, I don't know. It's just I've I, like I, I I was like, am I being a baby here? Like, is this like? And then I was like, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it's. I thought it was kind of cool that the the examples you mentioned, uh, the people that were there seemed to respect the clause. Like you approached them, you told them, hey, we got a problem here, and they didn't. 
seem to be bothered by it. Like they understood that that's what they signed up for. Uh, I think a lot of people that do this are worried about um, coming the off the wrong from way. the client. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, it, this was another thing is, and I sent an email after I was like, listen, I get it. If there's like a credit, you need to use it. However, it's also in the exclusivity clause. If there is other people, we need to know about it prior to. That way we can make proper accommodations. One of those accommodations would have been I would have brought a big gigantic sign next to our 360 with the logo splashed everywhere. You know, like no, I would have done I would have done more things to differentiate. Hey, this is completely separate from someone else. And that's another thing. Like all of the all of the attendants are wearing logoed shirts. And actually, this is another thing that I was kind of a happy accident. So whenever I had my logo embroidered on all the work shirts, the the company messed up and they did it larger. So originally it was supposed to be like one inch by one inch, just like a little like thumbnail kind of thing. They ended up doing it two and a half inches by two and a half inches. This logo is massive and I freaking love it because whenever like someone takes a photo with us, like, hey, like, this happens more often than not. Hey, like, come take a picture with us. Like, the logo really, like, stands out no matter, like, how freaking far you are from the photo. So, I don't know. I really I, I really appreciate that. So, um, we were also differentiated purely by dress alone. Yeah, I, I think it's good practice to the way you said you did it. You have it in there all the time. Right. So if it's not applicable, it's not applicable, but at least you have it there all the time. Um, and, and I would say it's primarily a financial incentive, but all the other things that you outlined are obviously very important, too. So uh, it seems like a good practice to do. And I think most people don't do it. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I recently changed to the company is so actually we've been doing Monday meetings again, which is just so good to be doing. Um, we have a Monday meeting with the entire team everywhere, and we go over, you know, events that happen, things that we have coming up. Did you have any problems? Did we order any new equipment? It's just such a good way of staying in touch with the team and making sure that they have what they need. And I don't know. It's yeah. really fun. Go ahead. I, I think I saw a picture of this. This is done like on Zoom or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was a lot of fun. I hired someone to help because I'm drowning. All right, yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about that for a couple minutes, please. Because yeah, I, yeah, I was picking your brain about this actually because I feel very overwhelmed lately, and I'm just dropping a lot of balls left and right. Um, don't say anything, please. And I, I'm trying to figure out what can I outsource or get off my plate. So you and I were riffing about this. And you hired an assistant or something on your team. So I'm curious to hear how that's going. So I kind of hired like an extension of me a little bit. Um, my problem is I think I have to do everything on my own. And I need to learn that that's not the case anymore because there is money coming in. We can't afford to do stuff. You know, like it's not it's not necessarily as restrictive as it was before. However... Uh, my issue is I will get an idea in my head and I will put it on the back burner and I will never get to it and it'll never get done. So one of the things that happened was actually, let me pull up this little email because I think that this is also a little important. Um, so I got an email recently from a client. So this is, this is the thought process and this is like how it goes in my head. Uh, I, got an email from a client that said, Hey, listen, thank you so much. Uh, we, my fiance and I hired someone else 
Thank you for your time, blah, blah, blah. So one of the things that popped into my head was, well, who did you hire? And how much did they charge you? And like, I have, I have questions and I really want to, especially, and I wish I would have done this a lot sooner. Um, but you know, that wasn't really, uh, COVID was hard. It was difficult to kind of gauge what people were thinking. And, uh, it was, um, it, it was difficult. Uh, but anyways, but one of the ideas that popped in my head was, you know, why don't I send her like some sort of customer survey? And because I want to know why she didn't hire me. And what I did was I put in, so the team is using Trello and I put in Trello. I was like, Hey, I want to do a customer satisfaction survey. And she typed it up. She did the email. She did whatever, sends it back to me. And I'm like, wow, this is great. I need to make two little changes Other than that. It's perfect. And now it's implemented so freaking quick it was so like refreshing to not have to do like the the manual stuff so i'm I'm drooling here you can't see it yeah so how do you get over um because i I know you i know you're very particular you want things done your way Uh, how do you get over that and let someone else do whatever they're doing for you because it's gonna be better than nothing I'd mm. rather have someone do something than me have an idea and the idea go nowhere. You know, that, that's a lot of growth for you. I got to say, yeah, because I, th- I that's a so big, too. that's a, that's a big <laughs> thing. No, for that's a big thing. Cause some people are stuck in that mindset. And I think uh, maybe you were in the past, at least from my observation, like you want it to be done your way, the right yeah. way. And I feel like the majority of people listening, including myself, uh, get trapped in that. And, uh, you just hit on it perfectly. Like, yeah, you want it done your way, but it's not going to get done. So, well, and that's and that's the thing is, she's really good about phrasing things almost nicer than I am, uh, because I'm not necessarily sure I would have come out with the same sort of thing. So, anyway, so the the survey email goes. So they'll send me the email that'll say, "We're not hiring you. Screw you." So the email that she wrote was, we're sorry we cannot work together at this time around, but let's try again in the future. If you can, please take out, please take the time to fill out the survey. We'd very much appreciate your feedback on our website, service, and products. Please let us know if there's anything else we can do to assist you. And then they go to the and then they go to the customer satisfaction survey where they go through, hey, you know, what what products were you interested in? And how would you rate our quality versus other vendors? How would you rate our price? You know, is our price higher, lower, about the same? You know, why did you pick someone else? Uh, This was the great one. What was your anticipated budget for blank? Uh, Someone put in $99 for a 360. Wow. So I feel better. I wouldn't have known that. I I would not have known that otherwise. So I feel better knowing that. Okay, this was not my client to begin with. Another thing. Another thing. Another thing. Oh. There is a TikTok floating around of a 360 photo booth that is garbage with 2.4 million likes. And it is 
garbage. And you just see the people like in the comments dragging the lighting. Like how, 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 how is it possible that someone could put out crap work like that and get 2.4 million likes? I guess because people are making fun of it. <laughs> I I hope so. I hope. Well, this is the, this is the thing is you see like the 360 spinning around. And you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. It's it is it is nothing. I mean, it is a lazy someone is standing on a lazy Susan from Ikea. Like that is what the, and someone is just like going it just Aunt Sally is just going wee. like that's what it looks like. I mean, this thing is horrible. But, but here's the question. Are the people that are using it having fun? Do they look like they care? Uh, they look like they're having fun. They don't know why. <laughs> I guess there's a mar- there's a market uh, for everything, right? So yeah, doesn't mean that you want to be in that market, but there's a market for everything. But you have to put that in the show notes because I have not seen that, and I'm sure people want to check that out too. It sounds funny. I need to f- I need to find it again. Don't you hate that? I, I find my it's hard to find stuff on TikTok. It, well, yeah, that's a big problem with TikTok is that it's very um, difficult to like recall stuff from. Yeah, you have to like go through your likes or see. But anyways, like four or five people like sent me this stuff. I was like, this is just ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> okay, so all right, to back to the person that you hired. Do you th- spend time like documenting your processes for stuff that you do that you want to give her or do you just kind of yeah yeah so what we've been doing is lately we're going over uh random changes to the website or we'll go over hey here's a particular way that i get back to someone in this way um you know whatever the case may be uh i really appreciate how uh loom works so there is a Google Chrome extension, and what we'll do is we'll oh, go to – Loom is amazing. Just sort yeah. of interject, but like Loom is so helpful. Go ahead. Yeah, I love Loom. Um, but what will happen is Loom will will end up creating a video. So I'll say like, hey, listen, like here's what is going on with you know whatever this change on the website, you know whatever the case may be. And then – record it and then we're building up this database of videos and we're putting it into the website that's hidden so no one else can see it and it's there as just a reference material so we're doing this with everything um we're doing this with hey here's how you connect a you know printer to our little mini computer to snap pick to a sharing station so that you have you know two devices bouncing off one i mean it's just it's it's a lot of fun um so we're getting in this habit of creating the content for ourselves as reference material um i have i'm wanting to get to the point of coming up with like a three hour like attendant onboarding training thing because there's things that i particularly do that is not not necessarily normal, but it's not, um, I guess, common knowledge, I guess. For example, whenever you are at an event and you need to get the attention of your host and you walk up to the person and they're in the middle of conversation, what do you do? You, some people would tap them on the shoulder. Nope, that's wrong. Some people would like try and get their attention, touch their hand. No, absolutely not. Uh, what you are supposed to do is wait till they are finished. If they are moving on to another conversation, you tap their elbow. 
because it's the most sensitive part of someone's body that is the least invasive. Tap their elbow. I would die if an attendant tapped someone on the shoulder to get their attention and said, Hey, miss, are you kidding me? That would, I would, I, I would be, I would be fuming. Are you kidding me? It doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but okay. But think, but think about it. If you, if you touch someone in the wrong way, how horrible is that? Like, you, I mean, you're just like setting up like the, uh, the wrong impression. I don't know. It's just, it's not appropriate. That's definitely an interesting life hack uh, that I was not aware of, like the proper etiquette of where to touch someone on the elbow. I didn't know that. So that's good to know. Yeah. So anyways, that's just. Especially in, in the COVID world, the post-COVID world. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to be able to put together. Well, no, even pre-COVID that I just want to be able to put together like a three hour, like attendant course. That way, whenever we like hire someone new, Hey, we watch this, we do like a couple quizzes in between, you know, and we're good to go. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, Another question I had is you, you've had an assistant before. It's been a long time, but yes. So you've had it before. It was a long time that you didn't have it. And now you have it again. And it sounds amazing. Why didn't you have it before? I, I didn't need it. I mm. didn't need it. I so I'm not. I wasn't focused back then on wanting to get bigger. And and I've had this conversation recently. Um, I don't want to get bigger. I was fine just doing stuff on my own. I did not. I want to do my big events just by myself, and that was it. Now, now my business is kind of taking on a new life. I have a lot of payroll again. I have you know, other people I'm responsible for. So I really feel like it's kind of taking on a life of its own. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that just yet, um, but it's it's okay. And I'm happy with where things are progressing now. Everyone knows what they're doing. I don't have to babysit the events as much. Um, you know, it's, it's great. I really, I, we're at a good point right now. I have such a ridiculously amazing team right now. And I love that. And that part's just amazing. How'd you find this person? They came to me. So, uh, it was, a, it was a client and her circumstances are, uh, are they're military and they're moving and we're, she was looking for, um, virtual work, essentially or stuff that could be done virtually. I was like, well, a lot of my stuff, could very well be done virtually. Um, but she's, we're getting in the habit of coming over, uh, every Monday and, you know, working a full day. And so she's working virtually, but still close enough to meet yeah, in person. for now. And, and, and the in-person stuff is really great. So, um, we, we're working really well together. It's nice to have someone, uh, as creative and to be able to bounce ideas off of. And it's, 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 it's great. I'm scared because I don't want it to go away because it's so amazing right now. <laughs> um, well, and this, this is the thing is again, I, I, I am learning that things do not have to be perfect. So like, Hey, like whenever, like I send out a project, it'll come back and some stuff will be a little off. Some stuff will be dead on and some stuff will be like beyond amazing that, that I'd never thought of. And it's just really nice to have, another person's perspective on this. Um, so yeah, it's really good. 
my final question is, what is your stance on, like you said, this person is close enough to meet in person. What about people that are hiring like virtual assistants from other countries and you can't meet them in person? Do you think it's a negative thing or is no, it cheaper? I don't th- I don't think it's a negative thing. I just think that you need to utilize Loom to be able to articulate exactly what you need from someone. So I would use Loom and say, hey, listen, like, you know what? I don't know anyone that would do this, but uh, if you want someone to set up Snap Pick, uh, set up a Snap Pick event for you, sure, why not? I would create a Loom video. Hey, this is everything that I do to set up an event. And then just have that asset to where they can just log on, play it, and copy it whenever they're setting up new stuff. Yes, it's going to take them longer, but also you don't have to do it. So in theory, it could already be done. Um, Listen, my business right now is exponentially growing week by week by week. For the last seven weeks, the amount of stuff I have accomplished is just beyond insane like i haven't done that in a very long time again because i've become complacent um not necessarily because i don't want to do it it's just because i've intentionally wanted to stay small um now everything it's it's a rodeo out there it's like come do this come do this come do this come do this and um i don't know i'm really glad that finally events are coming back yeah, I mean, and, and the hiring of people is not just um, allows you to do more, like you just said, but it's also a quality of life thing where uh, you're growing, which is great, uh, but you also don't have to be working nonstop late hours all the time trying to get everything done yourself. So yeah, uh, it, it helps the bottom line, but it also helps your quality of life. So that's something that I need to start getting on. I feel like I need like three of those people right now but uh let, let me start with one and report back <laughs> well and, and that's the thing start with one and and whenever we go with the designers or what have you to do some of our stuff um i think brian miller said it you kind of have to go through 10 people to find a really good one yeah so do not get discouraged whenever it's not working out i mean i think that because it's your money you need to kind of figure out quickly whether or not this person's going to work out or not because you don't want to keep funneling money into something that's never going to go anywhere um but no, I think it's I think it's a good thing that everyone should experiment with.